it is an honor and privilege to be able to serve you this Thanksgiving day. I, on behalf of First Prez, hope you all have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Don't eat too much turkey now, but I hope you all have a wonderful Thanksgiving. And if you all are traveling, I'll pray for safe mercies, traveling mercies for you all. So I'd like to begin our time together and by asking you all a question. Do you remember a trip where everything just went wrong? Maybe that was you getting up this morning. But I hope and pray that that does not happen to you traveling today to your family gatherings or to watch the football games later today. I remember one such trip. I was in the fifth grade, and my grandfather, he got me out of school. Not for being sick, not for anything like that. I wasn't in trouble, so before anything, anybody starts thinking I was in trouble, I wasn't because he would have he would have got me when I got home but it was to go fishing and I love fishing I mean I have such fondest memories with my grandfather going to Cherokee Lake and fishing well he picks me up from school and we're heading to the lake oh it's a beautiful day oh sun's out no wind on the lake oh it's it's a beautiful day well guess what happens no we didn't forget our fishing equipment though that has happened one time and we didn't forget the boat. That's never happened. Hope it never does. But our tire blows out. And unfortunately, by the time me and my granddad fixed it, it was past the time where we could have uh, caught the bass in the cove. So we didn't go fishing that day. Maybe some of you are going through that this morning where maybe your uh, kids are having trouble waking, uh, being awoken this morning or Maybe it was just struggle getting ready. Or maybe you're cooking and time is crunched. But I tell you that story to tell you this. Because like me and my grandfather, all of us are on a trip. All of us are a pilgrim in this life. We too, some days, will have some flat tires come in our life. Some few more than others. Maybe it's family trouble. Maybe it's some financial issues. Maybe it's a death of a spouse or a loved one. Just like the pilgrim in our passage today, where do we go for our help? Are we looking to the world and the false bill of goods that it sells? Are we looking to the creator, the one that made heaven and earth? Are we fully trusting in God in times of trouble? And do we do that while on our pilgrim path? I love the hymn, Guide Me, O Great Jehovah. It says this, Guide me, O great, thou great Jehovah, pilgrim through this barren land. I am weak, but you are mighty. Hold me with your powerful hand. And with that, I invite you to take your copy of God's word and open and turn to Psalm 121. And this is God's holy inspired, infallible word. Psalm 121, a song of ascent. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day. 
nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. And this is God's holy word. Please receive it as such. Let me pray for our time together. Our Father and our God, we come to the scriptures now, Lord. Help us as pilgrims in this barren land. Look up to you, Lord, and remember the promises that you've given us, that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. Send your Holy Spirit to open our hearts and our mind to your word today. Use this unworthy servant to speak your truth, Lord. Send your Holy Spirit's help, because without it, I cannot do anything. Please, Lord, send your Spirit for, to open our eyes to new truths in this scripture, and I pray this text today will be a comfort to those that are hurting during this time, to those that the holidays are rough for them. I also pray for anyone here that has lost a loved one, that is going through family trouble, family relationships that have broken down, I pray this text will provide comfort. Be with us in our time together, and I pray all this in your son, Jesus Christ's heavenly and holy name. Amen. So Psalm 121 is the second of what we call the pilgrim songs, or as I said, the song of ascent. The context of this psalm is that of devout Jews that are making their pilgrimage to Judah, where Jerusalem is located for one of the three annual festivals. However, this trip is not one without comfort. It's not an easy trip. It's not just like going down to the gas station. They didn't have the comforts of the road system we have. And if you're, go- if you're traveling to Tennessee today like I am, I apologize for our roads. They are horrible. So I apologize if you're traveling to Tennessee today. The only routes they had... These routes just went across the valleys, along the rivers, and over mountain passes. If that doesn't sound bad, you also had to contend with robbers and thieves along this way as well, along with animals, lions, tigers, and bears. Oh my, you had to deal with all that. Doesn't sound like a fun pilgrimage to make. The pilgrim in our text, he was probably singing this psalm on the way to Jerusalem to calm his nerves on this dangerous road. James Boyce gives us a great illustration here, and I want you to think in your mind and picture the scene here. He says, and I quote, he has been traveling for days. His feet are sore. His muscles ache. Jerusalem, the end of his pilgrimage, seems very distant. Suddenly, he sees the hills of Judah in the distance, and he breaks into song, end quote. The Christian life is like that, right? Just like the pilgrim on this earthly plane, we are tired. We are worn down by the stresses of life and by this world. But my friend, when we see Jesus at the end, we, just like the pilgrim, will bust out in song and praise to the author and perfecter of our faith. And I'll quote the text later, but he's gonna wipe away that tear from your eye. And he's just gonna guide you into the promised land and to the mansion that he has made for you. Hold on, he's gonna guide you. He's not gonna leave you. 
keep going. As another hymn says, turn your eyes to Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Saint, this day, keep going. I know the path is hard and maybe too much for you to bear. Keep going, look up to Christ and he will give you strength. With that, I have two points for consideration for us today. The first is the pilgrim's creator and that's verses one to two. Second, the creator's promises to the pilgrim, verses three to eight. So first point, the pilgrim's creator, verses one to two, our text says again, I lift up my heels, my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. So our pilgrim is in some kind of distress. He's asking, where will my help come from to help me finish this journey? Lord, I'm almost there. Help me finish. Maybe, maybe he's being chased by bandits on the pathway. Maybe there's some animals trying to track him down. Maybe his com- traveling companions are just annoying. I, I see some of y'all looking at each other, so we have some reconciliation after. But maybe there's something going on, and he, he's in distress. Whatever the circumstance, though, the thought just comes out of him. Who can help me now? He's putting his hands up. What am I going to do? Who is going to help me? One commentator said this. He asked himself this after scanning the world around him and looking for help. We do that, right? When things are starting to look rough, we, like the pilgrim, start looking around, put our hands up. I can't do this anymore. Where is our help going to come from? Who is going to help me now? I'm in a dark place. I'm in this pit, Lord. Who is going to help me? And we, all of us have done that. Who is going to help us? And just like the pilgrim, we have our answer in the Lord who made heaven and earth. He looks up. He looks past those hills. He doesn't see the creation He looks past the hills and sees the creator and it gives him such strength and encouragement to get through. And we we say this each and every Lord's Day. Our our God is the maker of heaven and earth. Amen. Do you believe that? When times are hard, do you believe in this maker of heaven and earth? Again, we say it every Lord's Day in the Apostles' Creed that historic creed that's been said for hundreds of years, they believed it. Do you believe it this day? God is the creator. This is how he, his world, this is his world, and he rules it sovereignly over his creation. He made it from nothing. He didn't need us. He didn't need this world. He made it. And this pilgrim, he knows that reality. God rules over every pagan God and nation. He knows his help can't come from anything else but this sovereign God. The pilgrim is telling us, don't worship the creation or the false gods in nature, but worship the one that created those hills, created the nations. 
You and I need this truth today. Derek Kidner has a wonderful comment on, here, on this. He says this, the thought of this verse leaps beyond the hills to the universe, beyond the universe to its maker. Here is living help, primary, personal, wise, and immeasurable. This God is not some Greek God that doesn't care about his people. He cares about what's going on in your life. He's not just sitting on his throne and then he looks at his watch and is like, well, I guess it's time. I'll see what y'all are doing today. Let me, let me check, see what my creation's doing. He's not like that. No, the God of the scriptures, he's personal. He's involved in your life. You can't read the Old and New Testaments and come to that conclusion that this God does not care about you. He cares about you. You, know, you want to know how I know that? He cares for you so much that he sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to live the life you couldn't live or I couldn't live. And he died the death that you deserve and I deserved. He did that because he cares. He cares for you. And what is so interesting around this time is that folks that say they don't believe in the living God, they cry out to him just as we do. I know all of us know friends or family. When someone is sick or they lost the job and they ask you, can you pray for this person? Or they pray. They pray to a God they say they don't believe in. It just goes to show us that we are naturally made to know the true and living God. It shows us that Romans 1 is true, that everyone does know that God exists. They may know God exists, but they fail to know him as Lord and Savior. Even us that know the creator struggle with this. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because we're Presbyterians and we don't do that. How many of us live worried lives? That we're always worried about something that is going on. My grandmother is watching this stream, and I apologize, Grandma. I know you'll get on me later today. But she calls me a worrywart. And if anyone knows me, it's true. I'm not going to deny that. It shows, that just shows us we're always prone to fear. Prone to worry. Prone to leave the God I love. Always worried about, oh, what's going to go wrong next? What's going to happen? Oh, that uncle is going to be at the Thanksgiving feast today, and hopefully he doesn't say anything that's going to upset everyone. We all have worries. I like what Robert Murray McShane says this. If I could hear Christ praying for me in the next room, I would not fear a million enemies. Yet distance makes no difference. He is praying for me. Let that be an encouragement for you. That the God of all creation, he in John 17 is right now praying for each and every one of you. He knows, he knows your needs and he is interceding right now before his father in heaven. Let that be an encouragement for you today. Oh, dear saints, this, this God, he cares about you. Let, let that truth sink in. 
and let the fears of this life, let them go. He has you. He has you in his hand. Don't let the snares and trials in this life have sway over you anymore. I plead with you, look up to Christ and he will give you hope and strength. Jesus, again, has promised that he will never leave you nor forsake you. My dear friends, when my mom was dying of cancer, he could, I was in a dark place. He could have left me in that dark place. But no, he drew me to himself. He gave me strength. Yes, it was hard to deal with my mom's passing, but he gave me strength to get through it and to realize that she was a believer and that I will see her in heaven once again. And he wiped away that tear that was in her eye and he said, welcome my good and faithful child to her. Again, he will never leave us nor forsake us. And this transitions us to my second point, the creator's promise to the pilgrim, verses three to eight. It says this, he will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. So we see a shift now in the pilgrim as now he acknowledges the promises of God. And this could be maybe, maybe his traveling companion is not as bad as we think or as I think. That maybe he's telling him, remember what God has done for us. Remember who he is. It reminds me of Sam and Frodo from Lord of the Rings. No matter the situation, oh, Sam, he was always the one that had the hope. He would remind Frodo of the Shire and all the good that was in their home. And let's not forget one of the most powerful scenes where they're climbing up Mount Dune and they can't go on no longer. And then all of a sudden, Sam's like, Mr. Frodo, let's be rid of it. And he picks him up and he takes him up the hill. That's kind of like our pilgrim. He's struggling and he looks up and his companion says, look to the creator. He's going to get us through this. One of our dear saints passed away back in May, James Charles. I miss him. Every time I'd go visit him or take him to the doctor, he was so encouraging to me. I could have had a rough day. And I, I'd always remember our conversation, and he would just always say, Scotty, thank you for your teaching Sunday, for Sunday school. It was very encouraging to me. And it just, all the cares in this, that day just went away. And I just, I was just encouraged. That could be you. Maybe you know someone this day in your family that is going through it. Be that encourager. Point them to the creator. Point them to Jesus. Again, this same thing's happening here. Remember all the promises that the Lord has for his followers. In verses three to eight, the verb protect here appears six times. And some translations have it as watch over or keep. 
as I said, this God, he's not out in the distance somewhere. He's personal. Spurgeon said this, though the paths of life are dangerous and difficult, yet we shall stand fast, for Jehovah will not permit our feet to slide. If he will not suffer it, we shall not suffer it. Again, we must keep in mind that this protection does not mean that the pilgrim may never slip up, get injured, suffer, or even die. This means that God's purposes cannot be thwarted, no matter how hard the gates of hell try. In the words of the Apostle Paul, nothing, and I mean nothing, can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Nothing Nothing in this world, if you are a true believer in Christ, nothing's going to separate you from that love. Nothing. He will watch over you throughout this whole life. And ultimately, he will take us home to glory. As the hymn Amazing Grace says, Though many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. Tis grace has brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. Amen, hallelujah. He will not let our foot be moved. He will also not slumber. Our God's protection involves us, involves holding us up. He will keep us from falling. I don't know about you, but some days, man, my faith, it does show signs of weakness. And my soul is downcast. I have to remind myself that the Lord has a grip on me. He has a grip on you. He that holds us in his hand, he will never let us go. We need to cast our burdens on him and trust solely in him. Also in this verse four, our pilgrim here reminds us that the Lord's protection never ceases. Unlike the false pagan gods, the Lord never sleeps. Again, this kind of reminds you, uh, maybe thinking of Elijah and the prophets of Baal, where he asked them, where is your God? Maybe he's gone. So go on, cry louder to him. Maybe he'll hear you. Keep crying. What happened? Baal never answered them. However, our God does answer us. He hears our call. We may get tired. Oh, we may get weary. And... We may need our sleep, some of us more than others, but our God never gets tired. He will never get weary. He's never going to take a step away. He wants you to call on him. He wants you to talk to him. He wants you to pray to him. I think sometimes in this evangelical world, we slip into some Greek pantheon thinking of our God, that he's too busy for us. Oh, he doesn't want to hear from me. I was a wreck. I was a miserable wretch this week. Why would he want to hear from me? And sometimes maybe we think, he's just not listening to me. My friends, put that thinking to death. Kill it. Our gracious God is always watching over us. He wants you to talk to him. He's a loving shepherd. He's going to be with you. He's going to guide you. This great shepherd will never leave his flock. And even if you do stray away, he's going to come and get you and bring you back. Maybe you're struggling with your faith today. Our Lord is going to come and and get you and bring you back into his fold. 
Cast that burden that's drawing you away from God. Put it on him. He's going to bring you back. Jude 24 says this, Now to him who is able to protect you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory without blemish and, without, and with great joy. Let those words sink into your soul right now. He's going to present you without blemish. And also you hear the words in number six here. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. This is the hope we have. This is the peace we have from God. The Lord will be with us and he will keep us from stumbling and he will get us home to glory. The Lord will he'll be our shade and he will keep us as it says here in verse five to uh, five to six the lord in his presence is like shade to us oh what a glorious feeling that is calvin on this verse said this god is called a defense at the right hand to teach us that it is not necessary for us to go far in seeking him but that he is at hand or rather stands at our side to defend us, end quote. Amen. Our God is going to defend us. Again, it may not be in the, in the way we think. It may not, we may not get protection in this life, but in the next, he's going to protect us. There'll be no sin, no death, no anything. He is going to be with us and protect us and get us home to glory. And how great is that? Because of the veil being torn, we don't have to go through a priest to get this. But we can go to God to him directly right now. He is never far from us. He's, he's not distant. He's here. He's among us now. And you, you know what I'm talking about. After you pray or someone's prayed for you and you just have that sense that God is with you and that presence just eases out all the fears that you had at that moment before you prayed. His presence overcomes our thoughts and fears. Again, you and I need this comfort today. Again, have you, wor- have you ever been worried about something going on in your life? Has that caused you to wake up at night and to toss and turn, thinking about the issue and how you're going to deal with it in the coming weeks or the next day? And it just brings fear and anxiety to you. This psalm can be used to stay those fears. The next time it happens, remember the truth of this psalm. I pray that you trust in the Lord's care over you as he deals with those terrors that keep you up at night. And remember Psalm 30, verse 5. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy, oh joy, comes in the morning. And you know how we know that? Look to the cross and what happened that morning where the Lord of glory walked out of that tomb showing his sovereignty over sin, death, and the grave. Oh, what joy came in the morning. Again, look to Christ. Don't look at the hills. Look past him. Look to the Lord. Look to Christ. He will give you strength. The, uh, the text also says, the Lord will also keep you from all evil. 
and will keep your going out and your coming in forever in verses 7 to 8. So now I know what you're all thinking. What does this pilgrim mean by all evil? Because we know evil happens to us today. When someone pulls out in front of you over there or doesn't yield properly at the red light or a spouse betrays you, a family member betrays you, or you get that dreadful diagnosis or that check or the the bill and you just know, Lord, how am I going to make it? How am I going to get past this? Or the wars that are going on so we know evil does happen. What is this pilgrim talking about that God's going to keep us away from all evil? The pilgrim here is looking to the future glory. The pilgrim offers these encouraging words by pointing us to the future that he's going to be with us forever, that he's going to keep us from evil in eternity. Again, think of the words of Paul again in Romans 8. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Spurgeon again says this, our soul is kept from the dominion of sin, the infection of error, the curse of despondency, the puffing up of pride, kept from the world, the flesh, and the devil kept for holier and greater things, kept in the love of God, kept unto the eternal kingdom of glory. Again, if we are truly in Christ, nothing is going to separate us from Christ. Even when we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, we shall not what? We shall not fear, for God is with us. This wonderful shepherd is with us. This shepherd will see to it that we arrive to our heavenly home. The Lord will hold our hands in this life and in the afterlife. He will also, in that time, receive us into glory. The question is now, can you say this about your life today? That when times are hard, that you look up, you look to this maker of heaven and earth, that the Lord keeps you and is with you, that the sufferings and evil of this life will not keep you from his presence. And that one day, all these words in Revelation 21, he will wipe away every tear from their eye and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Maybe you're here, or maybe you're watching online, and you don't know this Christ. He extends his hand of mercy out to you this day. But on the other hand, this hand right here, it's holding back God's holy, righteous wrath. 
And one day, this hand is going to fall, and that extension of mercy and grace will not be offered to you, and then this hand will drop, and you will not have Christ on the day of judgment. You will stand before a holy and righteous God, and he will be either be your judge or he'll be your savior. Those are your only two options. If you don't know him, come to him this day. Scripture promises everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And you will not be cast out of his presence. He's not going to say, away from me, you worker of iniquity. He's going to bring you in as the shepherd. He's going to wrap his arms around you. He's going to love you. But you must... You must repent of your sins and place saving faith in him today as as Lord and as Savior. As my former pastor would say, eternity is too long to be wrong. Call on him and he will save you this day. You can't save yourself, but he can save you. You can't fulfill the law and all of its demands, but he did. He lived that life for you. He died the death that you deserved but he didn't stay dead. He rose victorious on the third day, crushing sin, death, and the grave. Or on the other side, maybe you're here with a burden or these holidays are rough. I invite you as well, cast those on the Lord. Jesus says, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Jesus is going to give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Look to him. In closing, what are some takeaways that we can take into this holiday season and into the week? I have two. The first is, don't look to the creation Look to the creator. As I've, hopefully you all have got the point, look to God. I could have really tiled this instead of the pilgrim hope, look up. Look to the one that has made the earth and everything in it. Put your faith in this sovereign God. Don't put it in the false bill of goods of this life. I remember listening to Tom Brady and 60 Minutes interview. Maybe some of you all have uh, watched it. And he was telling the lady, I have everything I could want for in this life. I, I could buy anything I want. I can go anywhere I want. I'm still miserable. And at this point, I'm screaming at the television, Tom, call me. I got something that will provide that hole for your soul. It's the Lord Jesus. Look to him. Don't look to the things of this life. Second, Hold on to the promises of this creator, just like this pilgrim did. He knows the God he served would not leave him in that barren place. He would protect him and answer him when he called. Do you stand on those promises today that the God of this world will never leave you nor forsake you? Again, as that good old Southern Baptist hymn says, standing on the promises that cannot fail, when the howling storms of doubt and fear assail, by the living word of God I shall prevail. 
standing on the promises of God. Are you standing on those promises today? Trust him. And just like the four stands of amazing grace, the Lord has promised good to me. His word my hope secures. He will my shield and portion be as long as life endures. Hold on to these promises now until our faith is turned to sight where we see our Jesus face to face and he says those wonderful words, welcome my good and faithful servant into the place I have prepared for you. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, thank you, Lord, for allowing us to come together this Thanksgiving day to worship this creator in spirit and in truth. Help us to take the truths of this text. Help us to look past the creation and to the creator that made it. Help us hold fast to the promises of Almighty God that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Lord, I pray for the needs in this room, those that are struggling with a variety of things. You know in each and every one of them as the good shepherd. Lord, I also pray for anyone that doesn't know you, that is either here in person or listening and watching live. I pray they would come by faith this day. Today would be the salvation for them. Help us to be a witness to our family members that don't know you this day, Lord. Help us to shine the light of Christ and point them to this mighty creator. We pray all this in your son, Jesus Christ, heavily and holy name. Amen.